My name is Yemi, and I'm here with my co-host, Philia. Hey, everyone. And welcome to Treading Faith. Treading Faith is a weekly podcast dedicated to taking a deep dive into open, honest, and fun conversations surrounding everyday life, our faith practice, and relationships. So, Philia, what are we talking about today? Well, we are now ending the season of the Power of Parables, where we had taken a closer look at the parable of Jesus Christ, and we put our current spin on it. Now, remember, Jesus had the wisdom to simplify these profound spiritual truths with humanity in the form of these relatable parables, and he made them a lot easier to understand. So we are going to start off with my favorite parable. My favorite parable, or at least one of them, is the parable of the lamp under a basket. Now, this parable discusses, it's actually, it has um, scriptures from Matthew 5, verses 14 to 16, Mark 4, verses 21 to 25, and Luke 8, verses 16 to um, 18. But the one I'm going to be reading from is Mark 4, verses 21 to 25. And it begins, Jesus went on, does anyone bring a lamp home and put it under a bucket or beneath the bed? Don't you put it up on a table or on the mantle? We're not keeping secrets. We're telling them. We're not hiding things. We're bringing them out into the open. Are you listening to this? Really listening? Listen carefully to what I'm saying and be wary of the shrewd advice that tells you how to get ahead in the world on our own. Giving, not getting is the way. Generosity begets generosity and stinginess impoverishes. Amen. Amen. I love that. Well, first of all, I wanted to clarify that I had taken that from the message version because we could see that Jesus didn't talk in that way. But I love the message version of it because it's basically getting straight to the point. (laughs) And what I love about this parable is that when you think of a lamp, like you're right, Lamps cannot be hidden. It is it is it is made for you to be able to expose it, put it on the table so it could light up a room so that it can you you can find it in the darkness. And the reason why I like this parable is that we all have a light inside that God had given us and people gravitate towards that light. And I feel that in this parable is teaching that the more you do, the more you shine, the more people gravitate towards you. And you being the light is almost like a path for others to be able to follow, to be able to gain some of that light, because anything in darkness always comes to light. Right. So in I, I feel that in this parable, it's about not keeping secrets. It's about being able to keep yourself exposed, keep yourself vulnerable, keep yourself humble, because that light is 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 what God had put into us, into us for us to be able to shine and be able to pass on that light to others. And this is what I love about this parable the most. Um, thank you, Philia. You know what? I think this was the first parable that we covered, wasn't it? I think so. <laughs> now I'm looking, I'm looking back at the book. I'm like, you know what? This is the first <laughs> I mean, I think I I like that you pick this because, and I like that you read from the message Bible in particular, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. there was something a little added that we we didn't have when we first talked about it. Um, um and we used the NIV version. And this one 
you know, the interpretation is that we're not supposed to follow the ways of the world. Our our light, our Christian light is supposed to be the one that guides people of the world instead of us dimming our light and following the ways of the world. We're supposed to be the the bright the shining light. We're supposed to shine brighter. Our our ways, our rules, you know, the kingdom. And and I and I like that interpretation because sometimes, you know, there's a saying, don't let someone dim your light, or don't let a situation dim your light. And and you think about it, like you say, you can't put a light under a basket, you can't put it under a bed, you can't hide it, but you can dim it, right? You can you can put it in a corner and so a place where it's not as bright. So lots of situations happen in which it changes your circumstances and situations and, and your light becomes less bright. But the light of Christ will never go out. It'll always be bright. How do you stop those flames? <laughs> yes, yes, I love that. You know, it's like, it's the idea that let your light shine before men so that they may see your good work, mm-hmm. so that they may, they may glorify God in heaven. And you're right, that is our goal. That is our purpose, right? So it's like, don't allow anybody to dim that light. You know, we, we call them what? Uh, uh, vamp. What do you call light vampires? You know, people who who come and they just steal your shine. They don't want you to shine bright. People envy that sometimes. You know, I remember people say, you know, there's there's a light about you, you know, and you wonder what that is. But there are people who actually see that, you know, maybe not, maybe spiritually they see it. Let's put it that way. It's not that there's an actual light bulb, you know, when you're walking in a room and you see this like big shine coming in. But I think people feel that that's what they call your aura. Yeah. You know, there's an aura that's very bright. And then there are people who have a very dim aura that seems very dark and heavy. But that's all about spiritual warfare, you know. So um, there are people who just want to steal that and take that. And then there are people who don't have it and want it for themselves so that they too can feel better. And that's okay. But if you're trying to take it away from someone in a negative way, then I think that's where it becomes a problem. So that's why it's really important to to stay in the word so that you're always covered. You know, you're, you're, you, you have those, what we call it, our, our, our armor of God mm-hmm. always put on, right? To protect us, to protect that light because God has given us that and we don't want anyone to take it away. We don't want the devil to, you know, steal and kill. And, and what else does the devil do? He comes to, to, to take, exactly, right? And destroy. So I think that's really important. And, and that's why I really love this, this parable. And, and ironically, it is the first one. And it's almost <laughs> like setting us up for, for the other parables because that is the foundation of the word is having that light and keeping that light so that it can, it can shine onto others. Amen. Amen. That was a good one, Philia. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. I love it. Okay. <laughs> so, what is uh, your favorite, or one of your favorites? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think going into this um, power parable season, I mm-hmm. had already there were two parables that like stuck in my mind. These were the two parables that I lived by. Or, or the ones that kind of gave me continuing lessons, the parable mm-hmm. of the prodigal son and the parable of like uh, the, the talents. I always refer to that in my life when I was going through struggles or there's like a, a, a turning post, post in my life. I look to those parables to 
kind of think about what I should do and how I should do or how I'm feeling, how I'm reacting. And then we started going through these parables. And, you know, every week I was like, oh, oh, that one is my favorite. That one is my favorite. And some of these parables, I didn't even realize they were parables or I didn't even think about them. I, I constantly put my focus on those two because I don't know why they were monumental. Maybe there were a lot of teachings on it. But I always focus on that. So this gave me an opportunity to see different parables and learn about different parables and us discussing it, you know, raise my awareness and my insight into them. So um, the first of many, of course, (laughs) is uh, the new wine and old wine skin. And um, we covered this one in episode four. And the title was New Wine, Who Dis? (laughs) Um, Which I still like as a title. (laughs) Um, And so I'm going to read the same as you, Philly. I'm going to read from the Message Bible to give it a, a, a little different spin. Um, and so I'm going to read Matthew 9, um, verses 14 to 17. A little later, John's followers approach asking, they're asking Jesus, why is it that we and the Pharisees religiously discipline body and spirit by fasting, but your followers don't? Jesus told them, when you're celebrating a wedding, You don't skimp on the cake and wine. You feast. Later, you may need to pull in your belt, but not now. Now, no one throws cold water on a friendly bonfire. This is kingdom come. He went on. No one cuts up a fine silk scarf to patch old work clothes. You want fabrics that match. And you don't put wine in cracked bottles. Amen. Amen. Ooh, Jesus gave a lot of comparisons there. <laughs> Just to answer one question, he's giving all these um, metaphorical statements, right? Or these allegories. And he's saying, like, you don't do this here. And, you know, reading this message Bible for the message version for the first time is so interesting to me because we didn't, we didn't see this before. Like you don't go to a wedding and skip on the cake and wine. You have a good time, right? You like, I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm going to drink and eat. Like tomorrow I worry about my diet. He says, you may have to loosen the message Bible says you may have to, you know, loosen your bell or pulling your bell, but tonight we dine, we feast, you know? And he's saying that, you know, when you're with Jesus, it's a celebration. You know, mm. when you're with Jesus, mm. it's it's um, it's it's a great time. You know, the the whole idea of fasting day and night and religious. He's just like that's an old way of practice. We're in a new right. season, and right. he's like, you don't put old wine in new skin. Or no, 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 you mm. don't put you don't put new wine in old skin. In old, yeah, skin, yeah, right. and that for me essentially means that when you're with Jesus, everything changes. You become new. There's a transformation. So you can't fit into the things and the ways and the roles that you had previously. Everything is different. Everything is new. And I love, 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 love that. I think it's (laughs) amazing because, you know, people say you change, right? And it's like you're supposed to. You're supposed yes. to grow and mature. But specifically mm-hmm. when you're a Christian, and let's say you weren't a Christian or 
like they love to say like backsliders, you know, whatever it was in the past. Things are different now. You can forget about what happened before. That's the most important thing to me. Jesus forgave your sins. Anything that you're harboring in the past, anything, you know, like sometimes like I harp on things for so long. I think about it. I ruminate on it. I, you know, I think about the fact that I didn't do something or I should have done something. I, it keeps me up at night. And I, mm-hmm. and, and with Jesus, it's like, forget about the past. You've made mistakes. We all make mistakes. Look forward to the future. Look forward to the new. How do you rectify? How do you learn from your mistakes and make make your future better? Forget about it happening, right? You can say it happened, but take that lesson and move forward. And that's the most important thing thing I love because I used to hard, hard on the past. So I love it. I love this one. This is really a good one. You're right. You know, I think that it's that idea of out with the old, in with the new. And not saying that old ways or old habits are not great, right? But the fact that you can get to celebrate with Christ because you know that he died for our sins, you know that Christ is here to show us mercy and forgiveness, that is enough to to be elated by. That you don't have to hold on to the burdens of your past because now you can start anew. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you think of it, that is 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 a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful way to to glorify God and to say thank you, thank you, because we are not worthy of that. But thank you for forgiving us for these things, and we don't have to hold on to those burdens. We can know that we can celebrate and and know that our lives can can start again in a sense like like almost like pressing that reset yeah you can always press that reset button and and that's the reason why when you think of uh new wine and old skin it does not work (laughs) it needs to expand with it newness with newness expands together Mm. right you can't mix the two it doesn't work that way so that's why when you say that you know change is inevitable we have to go this is the sign of the times we gotta go with change we have to we have to 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 feel um worthy of this change because the change is good change is always good amen so that's why i love this 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 is a really good parable um i think it also gives us and reiterates that idea that why we even doing this in the first place you know um knowing that jesus christ has done this and died for all sins that that's even more reason for us to to be to be um full of joy and pride and knowing that god has got he has our back and this is why i love this parable so good one this is really good i love it and you know um what I just want to, I feel like I talked about it when we, when we discussed this um, on the episode and in our live, but this parable reminds me of my absolutely favorite, most favorite worship song. Well, one of them, I think I have two favorites, but it's, mm-hmm. um, it's my, um, all things new by Is- Israel Houghton and the new breed. And I'll just read a few yeah. of the lyrics. It says, what a moment you have brought me to such a freedom I have found in you. You're the healer who makes all things new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to read that yeah, yeah part. I'm not going back. I'm moving ahead. I'm here to declare mm-hmm. to you my past is over in you. All things are made right. new. Surrender my life to Christ. I'm moving, moving forward. You have risen with all power in your hands. You have given me a second chance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is yeah, but you get the point. <laughs> yeah, I just, it just that awakening of something new. I just love it. I mean, this is a great worship song, and this is a this is a great you know parable to to reiterate to people that you know we all make mistakes. We all have bad times, but we can hit the reset button. We can move forward, right. and 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 with God, you know, there's joy and there's love forward going forward. Amen. Amen. Good one. Great Thank one. you. Okay. So what? So yeah, tell me your your next favorite one. Okay, next favorite one is the parable of the mustard seed because <laughs> you can't catch up. <laughs> okay, so I love this parable um, because it basically talks about or communicating the idea. Um, that the kingdom of God is like that. You know, the kingdom of God is the influence like a mustard seed. So I'm going to read from Matthew 13, verses 31 to 32, of course, the message version. And it begins, another story, God's kingdom is like an acorn that a farmer plants. It is quite small as seeds go, but in the course of years, it grows into a huge oak tree and eagles build nests in it. Amen. So this is really short, but it's basically talking about the potential of that mustard seed. Every seed has a potential, but a mustard seed is one of the smallest seeds and has the potential to grow into big, uh, uh, a conglomerate of trees. <laughs> and that is basically like what the kingdom of God is. You know, an individual, the reign of God, God grows until that person becomes completely obedient to God. You know, in our community, the reign of God can spread from person to person. That's 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 how we are. That's what our that's what God put us on this earth for. It's almost like going out to make disciples. You know, we're going out and these branches are growing and we're just pulling and becoming one big community of, of worshipers, a community of God's kingdom. And I think this is why I love this parable so much. It's showing that we all have the potential to be great. Why not go out and be great? Amen. 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 Um, I think that's a, a, a great um, parable as well. I think it's amazing that um, we can look back and, and say that, you know, you can have something so little, so little that grows exponentially. And it just takes a little bit of faith, right? You know, faith as, as small as a mustard seed can grow. Ideas can grow. Relationships can grow. Anything can start out small and grow. And I think that's a great learning lesson for life because nothing has to be grandiose and big when you start. And I think we, we get caught up in this world where we always see the mm -hmm. after and, be, and we don't really see the before. So we're always focused on like what happens, um, you know, this is what we want. This is what it should look like. And when we start and we're saying, oh, I worked for three hours and I'm not a millionaire yet. <laughs> I mean, like, hello. <laughs> like, millionaires are not born overnight. I mean, when the lottery, correct, but correct. <laughs> exactly. But we don't get to see the right. hustle. We don't get to see right. the humble beginnings because we're always focused on the end product. Like, 
The, exactly. the Instagrams of the world or the social media platforms in the world don't show you the hard work to get. Some people might, but mostly it doesn't show you the hard work and the steps mm -hmm. that it took. It just shows you the final product. And there, and even right. if someone says it took me a long time, you still only see the final product. You don't see the, you right. know, the time lapse makes it seem like, okay, right. it took you like three months, right? Like we don't have real, realistic expectations. So actually this right. is a humbling seed. <laughs> yes, it is, right? <laughs>
2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. We thank you for creating, for making us new creations. We thank you for forgiveness of our sins. We thank you that we can put the past behind us and walk forward. Father God, allow us to see ourselves the way you see us. Allow us to envision a future, oh Father God, free of pain, doubt, anger, sadness. Oh Father God, those of us who need healing, I ask you, Father, to lay hands on them. Oh Father God, be the bomb of Gilead that those in need are crying out for, so they can feel new. They can be a new creation. They can be transformed through your miraculous works. Finally, Father, you have asked us to be humble. But Father God, we know that humility is not a step back, but a step forward. Because the humble seat is the seat that is the prize seat. We know that seeds also grow from humble beginnings. And we can all take pleasure that no matter what we have now, it can grow through you. Anything good comes from you. And we ask you to bless the works of our hands. We ask you to bless our ideas, our our our, our works, our 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 faith, oh Father God, our joy, our family, things that are small that can grow. Colossians 3:12 says, put on then God's chosen as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Father God, we thank you for your words. We thank you for your wisdom and guidance. Your word also says in Matthew 18, 19, if at least two of us agree on earth about anything we ask for, it will be done by our Father in heaven. So we come into agreement when we say amen, amen, and amen. Thank you all. We love you so much. Have a blessed week. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye.